Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. How you doing? Good morning. You're listening to The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. It's Elmarie Ma at the microphone with you until 10. Connor Tallon's also ready to go. Yep, shoulder by shoulder. <laughs> and this week on the show, we've brand new music from bands like The Lost Gecko and One Morning in August. And all of this week in Balancolic, you have the Balancolic Festival of One Act Plays. So I had a chat with Jimmy Healy about that. I also spoke to John Breen from Waterstones about something special that's happening this week ahead of Cork Book Week next week, where he will be on the programme as well. And this week's Work of the Week, well, practically invented the word serendipity. Now, there's a lot to chew on. And we've loads of festival news and lots of news of what's happening right around the city and county for you between now and 10 o'clock. Now, you know, of course, uh, I had my first chemo during the week, so we're kind of back at the moment doing the show from home as in lockdown. So I won't be able to see your messages or your texts this morning. Sorry about that. Uh, And thanks to Wayne. Wayne is inside in the studio driving it all for us today. Um, But in the meantime... I want to say a huge congratulations to all our colleagues in the station who are coming home with seven national radio awards from the Imros, which took place on Friday night. So I was wondering what kind of piece of music I'd start off this morning. Music from the movies, something with a little bit of power and celebration and joy in it, because our seven awards are going to be marched up the stairs of Broadcasting House tomorrow with a full belt of something like this behind them.
these water droplets send my soul to sleep again. But don't go. That's lovely, isn't it? I can hear echoes from the I can hear echoes. 
<laughs> from the new Los Gecko album, Fox on the Lie, which is going to be hitting your record stores very, very shortly. As a matter of fact, I think it's already out. You're very welcome, Malcolm and Colin on piano. Morning, guys. How's Morning. it going? Great. So, how are the excitement levels about the new album, Malcolm? Awesome. Very excited. <laughs> very excited. Yeah, it's an album that was written and kind of recorded during the Great Pause. It was. We recorded it all in the kitchen, all on the laptop, on um, Personas is the programme. <laughs> I'm trying to remember how we did it. Obviously, you had plans to go into studio to record. No. No? No. Okay, so tell me the process. How did this come about? I just sat down at the piano and came up with a really nice thing that I thought was lovely, and I thought, I'll record that. And then a few tunes followed, and then it turned into... Six tunes, then seven, and then eight, and then nine. And before we knew it, we were back and forth with John and Clay Castle. And it was all done in the kitchen, cello, uh, guitar, and then piano as well. So Lovers of the Lost Gecko, what have they got to look forward to with, with this album? What kind of a, an album are we to expect? I think it's quite different because we weren't in the studio and we weren't pressed for time. And like if we wanted to record a bit, we'd just go in to have a coffee, record a little bit, 20 minutes, done. Mm. Um, that's how we did it. Do you think that, obviously, you know, you're going to a studio, time costs money and all that, but because you didn't have those constraints around you, it's a Lost Gecko album where we're going to see maybe a deeper side of you guys where you're able to just, put down what you want. Yeah, just a lot more musical. Like, we, we didn't, there's a lot of ukulele on there, there's a lot of uh, shrewdy books on there, there's a lot of cello, obviously, because it's beautiful. Um, a lot less guitar and... I suppose I focus more on my vocal as well, mm. which I haven't, I haven't done in the past, really. Okay. It's just become, it became the focal point, really, which, like, for me, for all, all the bands I'm into, it's, it's about the vocals, really. Like, if you had Guns N' Roses music, then, you know, Britney Spears over the top, you're not going to, you know, <laughs> you're not go, that's amazing. Yeah. So it's always about the vocal, really. And, yeah, it's definitely changed the sound and more belief in what we're doing, I think. And we have a piano player here with us as well, Colin. You're you're not actually part of the band, but you're playing with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how how did you and Malcolm how uh, did your we paths were, cross? We were uh, subbing together in Carrick too. Ah. Yeah. So then he's bringing his guitar. I play guitar, but nothing like Malcolm. <laughs> we just be jamming. He's definitely part of the Lost Gecko now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> part was, of the TLG family. Yeah. yeah. Just that was it, really. Yeah. yeah. We were, teaching away and then and we're doing a lot of music in the school aren't we? In the primary. yeah it was great actually I'd say yeah, so yeah are you both Colin. primary school teachers as well yeah? he's primary I'm sub okay so he's above me your yeah, students yeah. must think you are the coolest teachers they do yeah <laughs> <laughs> we do a lot of music and sports yeah so yeah. yeah that's what a lot of kids enjoy like yeah it's important though it's isn't it so I mean important. there's something about sport and music they're, they're two amazing outlets aren't they really yeah oh, yeah there should be more of it yeah yeah, and music, and, and fair play to Amory for letting us do the music and you know having the kids, and we did songwriting competition and yeah, oh, cool and everything. Yeah, it's great. Now I'm I'm always curious. Okay, so the album it's set, it's ready to go. You know all the songs in it, mm-hmm. but I know you. You're you're you always write. Are you That's writing right. new stuff that we are yet to hear of and we'll hear in time to come? Yeah, uh, it just kind of happens. I don't know. When that, I finished uh, the album. I think like um. I shouldn't, it's finished, so we have to focus on that. But then I end up writing stuff, and I'm like, we, you know, what am I going to do this now? 
but you just do the same thing. It just comes to you, doesn't it? Like when when we were working together before the morning, he'd be doing like a riff or something. Mm. That could be an idea for a new song. You're always going, oh, what do you think of this? Yeah. And then next day, oh yeah, something. But some a little little riff like that, you know, he writes as well. Like you can come up with a little thing and become like that little five seconds can become a song. Like you just you, you just record that. Just develops and develops, and it's that's the exciting part for me. The sad part is the finishing the songs. Like you know, is it? Yeah, when I start sending them to people, it's like, damn it. Why is that? I don't know. I love the process. I love okay. the process of what sort of what is going to become, and it's going like that. It's going like that. It's going like that, and then then suddenly you're at the mixing stage, and then you're at the mastering stage, and then it's like, done. It's done. It's now time to move on to something else. It's time to it's time to get that song sounding awesome live. Yeah. Fab, fab. So that's where we're at now. We're getting those songs sounding really great live, which they are. Like, yeah, because I guess like that, you know, oh, we were we were in a situation where you didn't see anybody <laughs> else. You were in a kitchen. You recorded it. You have a vision for it, but now you're able to bring in these wonderful musicians like Colin, amazing. and just bring it to life even more. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and having a gig. I think that's like, uh, I think since lockdown as well, just having every gig is going to be special it's like just making every gig special because it might be the last you know yeah because we never know do we no we never know okay we're going to hear another song from the Mm. album yeah okay the lost gecko can you see me from the album the fox and the lie take it away John
great stuff. We've been playing some music from The Lost Gecko's brand new album The Fox and The Lie on the programme the last couple of weeks and they called into studio to have a chat with Pierce McCarthy during the week as well so well done to them and thanks for that. Now then speaking of things Cork we'll be talking about the Cork Short Story Festival a little bit later on in the programme but this next piece of music is taken from the film adaptation of one of Cork's great writers works. This is part of the soundtrack the beautiful soundtrack for Patty Galvin's Song for a Raggy Boy.
Now, before we ask you to picture this week's work of the week, I'm asking you to picture this. I'm on the 220X bus from Ballincollig into town, heading for the Carrigrahans Strait. I'd missed the bus before, but I was delighted I got this one because it goes straight into town. I never get it, and it's quicker than the other one. So I was on a journey I didn't expect. So I'm texting Michael Waldron, and I said to him, I'm on the bus heading into town, might see you in the gallery. And he says, Connor, I'm so sorry, I must run to Fitzgerald's Park in 10 minutes, but I could be back by around half hour, is that okay? And I said, I'm passing the park on the bus. And then he said, yes, we could meet in the park if that worked for you at all. Just need to pop into the Lord Mayor's Pavilion to preview a show. Great, two minutes away. Phew, might even beat you to it. P.S. It's raining. So, we met in the Lord Mayor's Pavilion (laughs) to talk about this week's Work of the Week and something else we didn't expect to preview. (laughs) <laughs> this is pure coincidence that we're meeting where we're meeting right now. I mean, if I'd said to you, Mike, I'll meet you in the path. <laughs> I would have actually not realised I was going to end up in the Lord Mayor's Pavilion. Is that what we call it? It is. Oh, yeah. I mean, the path. <laughs> no. The path was the first cinema I ever went to back a long time ago. <laughs> and it's pure coincidence that my bus was passing as you were heading over here. We were due to meet in the gallery. It made a lot more sense that we met here. And as you can hear in the background, there's an exhibition being literally screwed into the walls, being worked on at the moment by Kevin. By Kevin, yeah. Kevin's on a ladder, and this exhibition is opening tomorrow, so it will be opened by the time we go to air. It actually has a connection with last week's chat we had on the work of the week, the drawing room. And it's called... Drawing Connections. Drawing Connections. So all these connections had to be made. This is pure fate. We had to talk about this. And I had no idea it was coming. Now a lot more people will know about it. What was the idea behind it, anyway, making connections? Well, I'd love to take credit, but I cannot. Essentially, this was the brainchild of Sample Studios. We're based in Churchfield and the Crawford College of Art and Design, and particularly their Draw Bridge project. They contacted us in Crawford Art Gallery to request access to works in our collection and particularly works of drawing. So remember last week we spoke about drawings in our collection, particularly by Joe Allen. And so Drawbridge and Sample Studios had an open call for artists and the artists came in one day to our library in the gallery so they were like a bunch of kids allowed total access to the Crawford's <laughs> drawing collection. Essentially, it was like the sweet jar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they got to encounter the works, not hanging on walls, but, you know, on easels and in the library. And from there, they took notes. Some of them sketched, some of them used magnifying glasses. And then afterwards, we gave them digital images of the works so they could respond to them. Okay. And This is no response. Yeah. Exactly. Several months later, they've come up with the goods. <laughs> so we're in the Lord Mayor's Pavilion in Fitzgerald Park. This exhibition is, is ready to go. Okay. Let's not pick anyone in particular because they're all equally deserving of analysis. We will come back here. Promise me that. All right? uh, I promise. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll we'll have cake make as well. more connections. <laughs> and we'll have cake and maybe a nice glass of wine as well. <laughs> but this week's work of the week, if we were going to go somewhere relevant, <laughs> we'd have had to go west. As far as Sligo, isn't that right? Exactly. So we would have been way up west and or way out west. Well, we're by the western road anyway. (laughs) This is as far west as we get. (laughs) The work of the week this week is called 
potato diggers in the West. <laughs> and it's by a man named Charles McIver Grierson. He has connections with Cork, though. He does. So he was from Cove, yeah. or when he was born in the 19th century, it was called Queenstown. Queenstown. Yeah. His dad worked for the Cunard Steamship Company. Who didn't? <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose he grew up in, in Cove and he yeah. studied at the School of Art, which is appropriate Brilliant. given yeah. the There's context. a certain circularity of things going on here. I love it. <laughs> that whole network. Yeah. And so he made this painting in Sligo having moved up there at the start of the 20th century, where he met his wife. So there's a love story. There is a love story. It's very possible, I don't know, but there are two women in the painting, the work of the week we're looking at, and they both could be his wife. (laughs) (laughs) Because they look like the same person in two different poses. So she could have been the model for the the two potato diggers. Exactly. You might have been digging for brownie points as well. (laughs) When you look at it, the one thing that strikes you, the colour palette of it is particularly earthy. It really is. It's very autumnal as well. So we have rich browns and earth tones. So if we can conjure up an image for people, it's a rectangular image, so landscape orientation. The lower half is kind of in these browns, so it's the soil, it's the earth. And then the two figures are in the middle. One is standing and one is stooping. Mm -hmm. They're both looking to, you know, the left, or maybe we would say the west, (laughs) and they are in these tones of kind of mossy green, beigey brown, blue-grey, with auburn hair, and there's a basket of potatoes in the foreground. The whole thing is very misty, you know? It is. It's almost romantic in a way, but not that either because you're in the West and that's what the weather is constantly like as well yeah and, and it looks I, like a hard life as well it does and it looks like there might be smoke in the background kind of yeah. kind of drifting across this landscape so maybe something is burning yeah. and then in the very background you have this dazzling orange ball of sun and it's the one bit of colour that stands out yeah it's, it's very dramatic but a very atmospheric work yeah I think very meditative could contemplate this and even you know one woman is working she's picking up the potatoes and the other is leaning on her shovel her spade kind of maybe deep in thought or taking a break as a male painter is he making any commentary about the i suppose the role of women as providers very possibly. I mean, living in the West yeah. over a hundred years ago might yeah. have been quite hard times. Living off the earth. Yeah, yeah. living from the, the land. Yeah. And this was kind of harvest time, so bringing in the potatoes. Yeah. Okay. You know, I suppose there's that whole poignancy around the potato in Irish culture oh, only yeah. 50, 60 years before that. And ironically, Cove had a big connection with it. Isn't that strange? Precisely. So <laughs> it's kind of, it is romantic, but there's something very yeah. atmospheric, yeah. impressionistic even about yeah. this. Yeah. And it is work in pastels. It's not paint, it's actually pastels. Why don't we just go over to the poster here now that we're here and just yeah. name the names at least yeah. and give the generation of painters who are now currently exhibiting in the Lord Mayor's Pavilion. A shout out and we, we leave it there just while people are working away in the background. Drawing Connections is running from the 6th of October to the 3rd of November in the Lord Mayor's Pavilion in Fitzgerald's Park and it's time for the roll call. Go on Michael. So we'll do it in alphabetical order. Okay. So it's Jamie Ashforth, Catherine Callanan, Aoife Claffey, Lynn Marie Dennehy, 
Cassandra Eustace, Raphael Llewellyn, Kate McElroy, Ida Mitriani, Peter Nash and Kira Rogers. There we are now. All names do have to keep an eye out for and an ear out for. And thanks for telling me about this week's work of the week and the most unusual circumstances that we didn't plan. But sure, that's the way things work, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Happy accident. Happy accident. <laughs> Meet you again somewhere else unplanned next week. <laughs> thanks, Mike. Thanks a million, Connor. Sure, while we're rolling the credits at the end of this interview, I might as well mention a few other names. The guy on the ladder was Kevin O'Keefe, and he's the facilities coordinator at Sample Studios. And while I was interviewing Mike, Sinead Barrett, the programme coordinator, arrived into the Lord Mayor's Pavilion. And working away quietly upstairs was the acting artistic director of Sample Studios, Emer Yip. So I think that's everybody covered. So it looks like I went out looking for picking potatoes, and I picked up a lot more than I expected. Eh, bit of a bargain. In a word, you could call it serendipity the art of finding something without looking for it Cork retains its title as Festival Capital of Ireland with two festivals this week. The East Cork Early Music Festival runs from Thursday to Sunday with events in places like Lanonigal Place and the Gluxman Gallery and the School of Music right in the heart of the city. For example, Madrigal 75 are performing Handel's Messiah in the School of Music on Friday night with the Cork Baroque Players. Saturday then features two church concerts in East Cork, a lunchtime concert in the Anglican Church of St. John the Baptist in Middleton, while St. Coleman's Cathedral in Cove is hosting Camerata Kilkenny on Saturday night to celebrate the work of Bach. All the details and tickets for everything running from Thursday to Sunday is available from the website eastcorkearlymusic.ie Another festival running this week is the Cork Short Story Festival run by the Munster Literature Centre. It runs from Wednesday the 12th to Saturday the 15th. Now, each day has a similar format. There are readings in the city library each day starting at 2.30 and another event around 4 o'clock before the evening author events move to the Cork Arts Theatre for a 7pm or 9.30pm event. And then each night finishes with a free late-night gig if you show your pass for any other event during the day. The afternoon library events include readings from publications like From the Well and Southward. And when those ones come together, they have a huge selection of authors and readers. They're in the one spot, so practically a full festival in and of itself in one go. Um, and then you have beautiful evening events with authors like Donal Ryan and Adam Wayeth, Rosemary Jenkinson, Stephen Walsh. I know Conal Creighton has a beautiful event in the library on Friday afternoon. And there's other events that are kind of quirky, like for Thursday, there's two screenings of Frank O'Connor interviews in the library. Writers of Today is a series of filmed interviews taken from 1957 and it features an interview with Frank O'Connor because, of course, you can't think of Cork and short stories without thinking about Frank O'Connor. But there's a piece I saw on my, online myself recently and they're showing it as well on Thursday. It's a 1961 clip from the BBC Arts Magazine programme Monitor showing Frank O'Connor talking to Hugh Weldon about his upbringing in Cork slums and how it led to his development as a writer. Now, let me tell you, the old footage of Cork is simply gripping in this and how Frank O'Connor talks about the slums and everything. And one of the quotes I loved from it was where he said, if I hadn't left Cork, I'm quite certain I wouldn't have been the writer I am, whatever that may be. But I think there's a strong possibility that if I hadn't been brought up in Cork, 
I wouldn't have been a writer at all. Now, that is going to be fantastic, let me tell you. It's at half past two in the City Library on the Grand Parade. The first late night gig of the week is, of course, Wednesday night, and uh, that is in the Cork Arts Theatre. Each night, the music gigs are celebrating story through song, and Wednesday, it's Clonacilty singer Eva Clegg. Here's a track from her EP, Young Naive Me, and this is called To and Fro. Force McCade Kimo, Augustai Gairi Gabrago, Mahinarenos, Boykas Ladia, Ach, Time Ermaphone Polka, and Tom Galair, Himahinu Salaba, Agus Urenta, Tagamarina, will a good man so shielta took a Bioknach, Gulayer, Don Gaelga. Her Twitter, Tom Ryan to count, Sigin and Fuckalan Lay, Agus Marshinda, Acher TikTok, Tom Galeorica, Dina Fishine, Vyoga, Asquelga Freshen, Rahampla, Erdus, Honic May, Lee May Maloney, Agirat Gaelga, Uside, Nismo. I can't ask Gaelga, Er TikTok. Okay, but for your loss, Gaga used to add our TikTok. Never my first one. Ah, Jane from Miguel. August as far Gaga Brista na Berla Clisha. Okay, and you? Ta Alana Janevigum. Tommy Dolchig on Kerman. Erinina August has getting near him. Ah, Ta Alana Janevigum. Tommy Ain posta Martian Dana Milan over on show Savalia. August Ta Ara Mikiomer Alana. Ugh. Rinadina Kasula Holly Breslin fee shine fee Nahana Kainta a Dalum Sheer Skyl. Here are some phrases Osquelga we all overused in our Irish exams. Vimer and Windamwicka, which translates to we were on the pig's back, which means we were delighted. Whenever you wanted to make an essay exciting, you throw in a Gutobin, which means suddenly. And when you wanted to describe a sunny day and you were feeling fancy, you'd write V on green exquilt in the gluck. And if it was lashing rain, you'd write Vichy Exchalabashti. Shabban Ella, Mointor Ella, Mointor Jane. Chuikshi, Gudi Dun Stores, Agus Rinishi Fishan, Fina Ruddy Galera Kianikshi, Agus Kurinishi, Nafukal Bearla, Erin Screen Freshen. 
Tarik Shapatorachtlum Shanig me Ivoche Aran Ula Malvachon Anan Prothi Onyun Near Shanig me Fuel Dushker Fuel Shantor me Akvichersha Shanig me Pilber Bakhain Polish, broccoli, carried, banya, agasan rudis farlam, shak lod, diach me asan rudi yerfad, agas kuid me avalia. Dirig e gano ya, irocht klas a imert er Alexa. Alexa, what's the Irish for? You can translate complex sentences into Irish using artificial intelligence devices in your house, but I wouldn't rely on it. You can translate complex sentences into Irish using artificial intelligence devices in your house, but I wouldn't rely on it. In Irish is. Is Fajalat Aberti Costa Ash Trukogelga, Ig Usod Glaisena in Lachta Serga, Ig the Hyach Achniven Ig Bra Air? Mahu Alexa. Agus an shintha lad ella shamelessly han agus dinnachay sketchna an grinor gominic asgoilge agus via se goire nor chunic me an kionsha alirian co casta is a me an gramadach the foul moiri urinta. Hi man, what's the Irish for it? She? I thought she was six. Yeah, it can be, but it can also be it. So it is gone will be Tashe imaha. Yeah, but that can also be he is gone because she is also he. I just want to know what the word for it is. Yeah, it can be she, but it can also be a. As in the letter a. No, as in e fada. Why is e fada a? Surely e fada should be e. No, because i fada is e. And what does i fada even mean? Um, it, it can mean it. Oh man, come on! So on pointa a harda er madin, nagwilga lior gailga er tiktok, akis ni karamu amathan in einher, ach an kultura, an simul, akis an granura fad, so bunagi saltas, akis pint shri lastakoi gailga, an tachten shop.